Hi, welcome back to Pest Control, an actual play podcast with Q-Times. For the next three weeks, before the start of the season itself, we're going to be introducing this season's new hunters, their moves, stats, beliefs, backgrounds, and a little from the players themselves about their plans for the season. This week, I'm talking with Jonas. So, Jonas, hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Sam. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your character this season? Sure. My character's name, modus operandi, I guess for the most part, is Rabbit. That's sort of our working name for the character, though he's going to be going by a lot of different names as yeah. he is using a custom playbook that Sam and I developed together and Sam has made called the Shape Changer. Mm -hmm. And his physical form is not tied to necessarily one canon appearance. There is the, like quote-unquote canon rabbit who i will probably be defaulting to and like if you had to ask me who who is rabbit what does rabbit look like it is this sort of uh blue skinned demonic looking friendly but definitely like horns and very yeah. otherworldly non-human looking guy and he but, but that is sort of a, a chosen and developed form the way i think about it is that like that is the form that has been like he's been sort of superficially aging right over time as he's been like choosing his form basically that has been progressing so like he has scars on there that have come from past experiences that he's had right um, in that form maybe in other forms that just have been like a big enough part of his life that consciously or subconsciously they now reflect on his like default yeah. you know appearance or whatever yeah but then he also the big thing about rabbit is that he has been spending most of the last 25 years becoming different people Either right. uh, people who are from out of town, so people don't recognize them, or maybe impersonating people in town and yeah. confusing their lore a little bit. <laughs> maybe maybe the mayor swears he didn't do some of the stuff he did or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, egging houses and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. So he's basically been doing that to sort of be uh, an active part of the community. Be I, I wanted to play a character who was both an outsider, but uninformed and like, integrated outsider so it's right. like he has formed these connections to the the town of norfolk and maybe even a bit to the city which is something that we can talk about a little bit too mm -hmm. kind of rabbit's relationship with the city and also yeah with all the people here without them knowing that rabbit exists until right. like a couple of years ago basically basically like right after keely's first video came out before the whole world really knew about like myriads and stuff right he he started basically revealing his existence to certain people I think he definitely keeps the fact that he shapeshifts into different people's secret from most. I don't think right. that's like common public Not. knowledge just because he couldn't yeah. do what he does otherwise. Right. But there are definitely some people who know that he like can do that and has done that on occasion. But the scale, the, the scope of it is something that I'm not even sure the other hunters are going to know. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it's just him and his family who know like really how far he's gone in his lifetime for this. Right. And I think I, I want to talk a little bit because obviously in Monster of the Week, there is a playbook that already exists called mm -hmm. The Monstrous. Yeah. Which we really like we were planning on actually using for Rabbit right mm -hmm. up until I mean, up until maybe a month ago yeah, or, or, or yeah, a couple weeks ago. A few weeks. Yeah. But we as we were building Rabbit in The Monstrous, I, I just I, and. I'm interested to hear how you felt about this as well, but like I kind of felt like it just wasn't quite what we wanted. Like it wasn't giving us quite what we wanted. One of the things about the mm -hmm. monstrous is you have to pick a 
a driving curse? Yeah, or, yeah or, or, exactly. A curse. I think yeah, it's curse. literally called a curse. A, Which, or drive. Whatever. A dr- or drive, yeah. Which didn't feel right for the character. Like, none of them really felt like they were something that Rabbit... Mm-hmm. That, that was specific to Rabbit. We, we played around with, because of your backstory, which we'll mm-hmm. get into in a minute, yeah. we played around with Dark Master. Which actually kind of... Dark Master led me to the, like... It, Dark Master is kind of what gave me the foundation for everything that came afterwards. Because yeah. I, like... I, yeah, because I wanted to build a monstrous, and, like, I, I was gravitating to that one because it always seemed mechanically fun. It basically yeah. gives you, like, some person or group or creature that, like, gives you orders, basically, that you are technically, like, independent from, but not... You know, I, I mean, it can it come up in different ways, but yeah, just just some someone who is I picture this as as some force that is more evil than you and has influence over your life. Totally. And so that just kind of got me thinking about all the rest of it. And we moved away from that. I think it's kind of what you were alluding to because we. Yeah. I mean, part of it is probably that I've already built two characters, like yeah. two leveled <laughs> characters in Monstrous, which was super fun, and yeah. I got a lot out of them. And I could, you know, it still would have been a distinct character, but I think this allows us to do. More of, I, I, I kind of just, yeah, built the character in my head from the ground up with Monster of the Week in mind. And then Sam used his wonderful editing skills and <laughs> knowledge of the game to really uh, mechanify it in a way that I think fits into the game really well and fits into my character really well. I agree. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this playbook, the shape changer that we've come mm-hmm. up with. Like, I feel like it does a nice job. I mean, <laughs> really patting ourselves on the back. I'll pat you on the back and you can compliment okay, okay. my contribution. We, we'll pat each other. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does a really nice job of like not kind of. I think it could really easily just be the monstrous playbook. And there are a couple of because I looked also at a couple of other fan-generated playbooks. There's one called The Mm -hmm. Summoned that we were thinking about for a while. And there was one called The Demon, I think, that we looked Mm -hmm. at. But again, it's like they kind of just felt like they felt a little bit like respects of the monstrous versus Mm -hmm. what we wanted to do with it, which was really expand on the central feature of Rabbit, Mm -hmm. which is that they can transform. Mm-hmm. Like the, the monstrous has a move for that, but it like it felt so foundational to the concept of the character that yeah. it really felt like it needed to play a bigger role in in yeah. the, the sheet. There's also the fact that like the monstrous is not really designed towards a character who thrives on interacting with humans right. necessarily. Like there's some right. stuff for it, but I really wanted to play with the fact that this is an apparently monstrous like looking person a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But also somebody who gets a lot out of talking to people and observing people. And I wanted to have numbers and moves that reflected that, basically. Yeah, totally. Basically, Sam just asked me, like, what do you want to do? What do you see uh, uh, Rabbit being able to do and be good at? And then just sort of gave move options that I think really satisfy that. Like, the two starting ones are definitely, I think, the most central as far as being Mm -hmm. able to shapeshift reliably and being able to use that fact to, like, kind of alter history a little bit, like, in the game. Like, this is the kind of thing I think you can really only do, or you can do uniquely well with, like, tabletop games, where you can say, oh, well, in the middle of this conversation, now something has always been true. Right. And I I just get to say that. Maybe I have to roll some dice to see how true it is, but, like, to get to add something to the story that happened years ago. 
totally. is really appealing to me. So I have a move for that on here, basically. Since we're already on the subject, let's talk about your moves real quick. Will you cool, read yeah. those two starting moves and then the the two moves that you picked? I want to keep, <laughs> I, just selfishly, I want to keep the other moves under wraps. Okay, because I'm really cool. excited about people listening to this not knowing what you're what you totally what else I can do yeah that's great and that's one thing all of this I, I've told Sam like this all looks good to me but I do want to leave it subject to change once I of start course. playing rabbit a little bit just because yeah. I want to make sure it continues to feel good as I develop him but and you know this is the first draft of this sheet so there we may need to make adjustments as we actually see it in play exactly yeah so the first move that you get as a default for being a shape changer is that was me and the description, define a home ground, neighborhood, town, city, other, and a timeline. One year, two years, five years, ten years, eternity, other, with the keeper. As long as you are talking to someone living in your home ground during your timeline, you may reveal to them that you used to know them, just not in this form. When you do, roll plus sharp. On a ten plus, they remember you. They'll do you one favor as long as it doesn't put them in, in harm's way. No questions asked. On a seven to nine, you left on strange terms. The keeper picks one of the following. On a miss, they don't remember you or you are mistaken. Either way, they're going to think you're crazy and maybe even dangerous too. And the following that were mentioned before on a 7 to 9. So the keeper would pick one of these if it's not a complete success. They want an apology from you for something you did. You have something of theirs and they want it back before they'll help you. They want a favor in return. They'll only do the easiest part of what you ask, leaving the rest up to you. I, I love all of those so much. They fit <laughs> so too. well into like, I can just see them all altering my next couple of actions you know in, totally. in a scene or whatever in a really fun way and it feels really social too like again yeah. like you said i think that one, one of the ways we wanted to build rabbit was like rabbit is a social person and mm -hmm. a social like is is not not a social creature necessarily but like <laughs> yeah is built to to interact with people and like mm -hmm. have relationships with people and that's something we wanted to lean into mm -hmm. While also having the unique ability to be able to disappear from anyone right. and everyone at any given time, which is not something that every social person gets to have. Like, yeah. as someone very extroverted but needs a break, like, if I could just be around but not have to be mm -hmm. perceived sometimes, you know, that that's, be sick. that's kind of one of the things I'm playing into with Rabbit. Sometimes I really want to be perceived. And I also want to play with that with Rabbit. Like, he's yeah. definitely, he loves attention when he wants it. Right. But he also wants to be able to just, like, yeah, just go into the corner sip a glass of water and have no one look at him and just go about their day so he can just like learn and watch. The other move, the default move is they're all me. Define three starting appearances and appearance is like bolded and capitalized. It's a, it's a formal mechanical object um, with the keeper. You can become all three at any time, but the transformation is slow and unseemly. If you try to transform rapidly, roll plus cool. On a 10 plus, you do it no problem. On a seven to nine, pick two from the list below. The others are false. On a miss, something goes wrong. And this is one of the things that Monster of the Week does. It's really fun where it'll be like a list of bad things and you get to choose some to not happen. Right. But the rest will happen. So the, the four options here are your appearance looks perfect. Your voice is exactly right. You keep all of your fluids in and you don't take any harm. I imagine most of the time I'm going to want to be taking no harm and something else, which means that in most cases transforming without the necessary time to do so, I'm going to either... Uh, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have two of most likely not quite looking right, not right. being able to talk, like having to like put on a hat and glasses, right, or having to try not <laughs> to talk, or having to do it behind a wall so no one questions why I pissed on the floor or whatever. This, this is like something I'm so excited for is getting Rabbit into a scene where it's like, oh, 
like rabbit has to stay behind like rabbit can't let the person come into the room they have to talk to them mm-hmm. through the door because their appearance is completely wrong but their right. voice is perfect <laughs> oh yeah i hadn't really thought about that even i'm just like yeah, the, the parent isn't even like isn't even like close enough to pass off unless I'm like running by them or something. Right, right. But yeah, that's great. Because yeah, I definitely do think he can manipulate his voice as well. But that's part of the magic of right. him. So, so those are the two moves you're starting yeah. with. And then the other two that I picked, and this is I I'm still a little bit uncertain because so many of these are cool. So there's a chance that I'm leaking like one move that I'm not starting <laughs> with right now. But I think that's okay. The one I'm most certain on, I think that I want to start with from the beginning, is unstable form because I really want him to be able to transform. I, I want I want to be able to see see an NPC and be like, oh, they left the room. Sam, I'm gonna be them mm-hmm. now. You know. Mm-hmm. So unstable form is when you try to become a form other than your appearances. Roll plus cool on a ten plus. You can maintain the form for up to forty eight hours, but pick one option from the seven to nine list for they're all me, and that's the list I had just read. The rest are false. So this is basically more punishing because three of them are gonna be true. Right. After 48 hours, you'll need to revert to one of your appearances and rest no matter what. On a 7 to 9, you have minutes or seconds in this form. Make them count. On a miss, you're not who you intended to be. The keeper will tell you who you are and for how long. Up to 48 hours. I love that last bit, too. Um, I think that also had a couple, like, again, edit or something. After I read it, I was like... Well, that, I, was, your, yeah. that was your recommendation. Because okay, you were yeah. like, you were like, oh, I think we were we were talking. I think about you had this. done, you had, yeah, you had done. The keeper will tell you who you are. I think I added for how long, yes, um, or something, mm-hmm. yeah, just because like I think that fits into the, the spirit of Monster of the Week, and I, it's just a knife I want to give you to just be able to be like, because <laughs> sometimes that can be honestly, sometimes you could be giving me like a secret benefit without either of us right. realizing it or whatever, right? Um, because it, that's also the thing I want to play with is like any appearance can be useful and any like uh, adversity can be. Uh, I don't know a, a benefit in right. in the with the right spin in the right context. So how you present yourself to you know and who you present yourself to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Because like I mean maybe the appearance ends up being like I am I am like bloody and battered like I just got in a horrible horrible car accident but right. I otherwise look like you know the the principal of the high school as right, I'm coming right. out of the high school bathroom that is not that's going to scare most of the people around me <laughs> but maybe I can run to the nurse and get some help or something and actually right. like get where I'm going right so uh yeah I, th- I think there's there's a lot of potential there and then the other move that I'm probably taking and this is like this was one that Sam added as he was making the character sheet that is sort of like outside of my initial conception of the character kind of but at least as far as like specific moves I wanted to take but it fits mm-hmm. in really well and the like min-maxer in me can't really stomach <laughs> the idea of not starting this because I would be like missing uh, the opportunity for experience which is very precious in this game. Mm-hmm. Th- this one is defined by connection. When you make a genuine emotional connection with a new hunter or NPC, mark experience. And I think we had reworded that to be like uh, with a hunter or NPC who you haven't used this move on. Something like that. But same meaning. But I, I need to uh, go back and, and adjust that slightly. But I mm-hmm. think I think the idea was you can't use your starting move, that was me, on the hunter before you do it. Like you have to, it has to be like oh, you, you that presenting oh, as oh. you. Rather than you presenting as like, oh, no, we used to know each other or like, oh, let me just transform into somebody. So it's like you are being vulnerable in this moment. I was miss. Yeah, for some reason, my brain like translated when you would put in a hunter or NPC you haven't used that with me on to haven't used defined by connection on. So that to me was telling me that this is only but that makes sense. So like that could leave open the potential for like if there's an NPC 
who I never used that was me on right. because I just value our relationship so strongly, I could potentially find myself in genuine emotional connection moments with them like three times over the course of yeah. 20 episodes or whatever. Totally. Um, totally. That, and that's think, interesting, yeah. And I want to I want to leave that open for the hunters as well because I think like obviously it says new hunter. Right. Because we are going to be picking up with y'all already knowing each other. Like yeah. I think that will we will just let that ride as like when you form a new emotional bond with these people even though you already know them that will yeah. still count. Totally cuz yeah, I don't think I want to like use mechanically that was me on the other partner or other right. hunters for the most right. part i feel like i might still like do that like for flavor i guess like i, I might still be right. like oh yeah well don't you remember when i like uh was your barista for like yeah, three weeks yeah. straight but i'd want it to be something where like it's more of a kind of like when you're battling other players in D for it to be like hey i'm suggesting this right uh, i will leave it up to you as the improviser to to yes and or deny it right based on how it fits in rather totally. than like Forcing a role that changes their history, right. you know, but with yeah. your NPCs, you know, they're, they're my playground. <laughs> they're <laughs> I mean, speaking of appearances, will you, will you tell me a little bit about rabbits? So I, we've talked a little bit about who we're calling rabbit moon, mm -hmm. which is this kind of like demonic blue skinned yeah. form with horns. Kind of I the can default. read the tags we have here. Demonic, stubbled, curvy, approachable, enthusiastic, attentive, blue moon rock and roll mm -hmm. um, are the tags. I, I, I'm realizing the jacket I have on him is very Jughead and Riverdale. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can just kind of go through the, like, starting appearances. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Want. Yeah. So, yeah, Rabbit Moon. I'll go through him a little bit quicker because I've sort of talked about him a bit. But, yeah, he is, um, he's cute for sure. Like, when I, when I say curvy, like, my original word was voluptuous, but I'm not a huge fan of that word. Mm. But just, like, the, I mean, honestly, uh, where it started from is, like, Rabbit has, like, a hairy chest, but it is a large and soft chest. Right. So he's like, he has physical aspects of like, not just one human sex. He's kind of right. like developed his body here. Right. Just in a way that he is like comfortable expressing himself. And maybe it even changes at times. But sure. he also has like these huge white shining eyes, a couple of scars across his face, big silver crescent moon horns that mm -hmm. kind of mirror each other on his head. And there's always some part of him, like usually it's like his necklace, um, as I have it here, that's like actually like shimmering, like moonlight. Yeah. Which there are like two or three aspects to Rabbit we haven't even touched on yet. No. <laughs> um, but he has he has a buddy, a, a semi-sentient buddy, who I've been calling Moat, who is like yeah. a, a, a moat of moonlight that also changes with him and is also probably a connection to his magic in general. Right. So there's always some glowing appearance on Rabbit in any of his forms, often hidden. And yeah, I just, I want Rabbit to look very friendly, but very non-human. Like yeah. my, my the first thought I have is like I want I want a demon a demon boy like I want I yeah. just want a demon boy who doesn't fit into our world but does his best to do it anyway yeah makes sense so that's rabbit and that is like more and more how he's interacting with people these days as he tries to get more comfortable with that and get the people more acquainted I guess with right. him in that form um, and there are probably a bunch of people again because of the thing that one of the things I'm interested in that we talked a little bit about off uh, mic was whether rabbit considers himself a myriad this is yeah. one of the things that i'm really interested in this season is is now there is this kind of like classification that a lot of people accept of like oh you're a myriad you're a you know mm -hmm. you're a, a, a non-human kind of creature that blends into human society right and i think there's a lot of people that say oh yes cool good i'm glad that i finally have a classification that i finally can you know, tell people, oh, this is what I am. 
Right. And I think there's a lot of people that are resistant to that or who don't feel like that represents them. Yeah. So I'm interested to see kind of which side of that line rabbit falls on or whether, whether yeah. they fall on, you know, anywhere on that line at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious and interested too. To Similarly with, too. with Sam's character and with William's character even as well. Totally. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to leave that up to rabbit, you know, as I totally. like get totally. into his head more. My, my initial thoughts just to kind of like be on the same page there is that I think he coming in, at least coming into like, um, you know, the last year or so of world building. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he really has identified as a myriad because what he knows about his like origins of existence is that he was like summoned through a, a witch ritual, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I think in his mind, he was created with, with some like defined and recently defined purpose sure and or like he, he he's not sure if he was like made from moonlight or was or existed on the moon and was brought here or right. what exactly it is but he knows that he's not human yeah and i think he also sees the definition of myriad get developed more and more and he's like but that's not me either right he's like he is from outside of this world so words that come from this world don't necessarily make sense to him, like like as far as describing him, right? Um, at least initially. But we'll see where Myriad ends up as a you know a term and community because I think he'll yeah. definitely f- fit into that community a lot and find a lot of kinship with people who identify as Myriads or who might, right? But I don't think it's something that he really claimed for himself. Yeah, makes sense. Tell me about your your other appearances here. I haven't quite. A hundred percent decided, but I, I may have voiced this character in the ground itself one shot and like that last scene. Oh, I, okay. I, I was I was kind of thinking this this might be that the the like um driver or whatever guy that I was voicing in in like the like party scene. Okay, um, okay. Or at least this is a very similar temperament. Like that may have gotcha. been like a one off character for him that like he kind of pulls from the same place as Barley because Barley is his sort of like out of town. Most people don't have much to say about him, but he seems nice kind of guy. So for him to just sort of like be um, nondescript, I guess, and just mm-hmm. sort of pass through and observe directly. Right. This is Bar- Barley Porter. Barley. Barley Porter. For his look, I have rugged, gentle, farmer's tan, hairy, blue collar. Others know him as a trucker or delivery driver from out of town. I think no one's entirely clear. Usually it's it's, it's like, a, oh, hey, Barley, good to see you again. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey there, Jess. Uh, you know, just, just coming in. Uh, and I think people know that he like he, he'll always he always ends up saying that he's like um, like oh where's your truck and he's like oh you know it's a few blocks down I like to walk around when I'm here and see the beautiful <laughs> sights he probably doesn't have a truck I think if right. anything he's like stolen trucks to, to like keep up the appearance <laughs> and then just like driven them to Colorado or something and just abandoned them but <laughs> Rabbit's also a troublemaker because he has a strong support system um, mm-hmm. and, and an extended adolescence that's kind of how I think about it uh, and my favorite thing about being Barley Porter uh, the my favorite thing about being him is from like the character sheet uh, the playbook is no one looks twice or thinks a dang old thing about me. Yeah, the picture the picture you've chosen here to uh-huh. represent Barley is so good because I cool. yeah I can I can totally <laughs> imagine see I've seen this dude in my yeah. life for sure and mm-hmm. I do not remember like yeah. he has he has glanced off of any yeah. part of my brain that creates memories. Totally, yeah, just kind of like you know blue collar plaid got a hat on. Yeah. Um, a <laughs> little bit of that, facial hair, but not a little bit so of facial hair. It, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's barley. I also, um, as far as like temperament, I kind of, my, uh, initial inspiration was Barry from the show Barry. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. Just, as far as just being like, you know, seemingly, seeming nice, but not too much more to say about the guy. 
Right. But there's definitely a lot more to say about the guy if you get to know him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And pronouns for Barley Porter, he, him. And then my other main one, I'm, I'm, I'm very much doing like a, a gender here in having kind of like a more, for lack of better words that I do wish I had, like mask and femme kind of like mm-hmm. presentations for his appearance. Yeah. When he's in non-demon form. So the other one is Sage Brennan Skip. That is Sage Brennan hyphenated. She mostly goes by Sage. Mm-hmm. Uh, pronouns she or they. Look is severe, scrutinizing, pale, dark eyes, red hair, dyed, not natural red. Mm -hmm. Freckles, ethereal. Others know her as an employee of many beloved establishments over the years. And I added this uh, this one to sort of to um, amend your like character building. Yeah, thing. yeah. Employers know her as a skilled and dedicated worker, completely unreliable. Uh, <laughs> in my mind, this is how Rabbit has learned a lot of skills and gotten in, in a lot of like public pa- facing positions. You know, like yeah. barista, host, th- things like that. I, I'm kind of thinking about Scott Pilgrim's Aubrey Plaza's character. Yeah, in, yeah. In Temple, who like works it's just like you know she she has a job everywhere i think that sage has had a job everywhere right but she she also misses shifts all over the place so she's been fired <laughs> for no call no shows because he'll just like he'll be sage because he wants to work at gamestop for a few weeks he'll get bored of it <laughs> and then he'll just stop going he'll just like office space stop going i love the idea that rabbit is extremely good at job interviews because, oh yeah <laughs> because they have done like 80 job interviews yeah just yeah to be like oh yeah what's working at gamestop like mm-hmm. you know and I, he also gets to study the person interviewing him and like right. i don't know masquerade as her wife or something right for, for right. a night and like really get to know her and know what's going to get him the job stuff like right. that and i think that sage is a very like I think the energy that he gives off his sage is somebody who is very like not necessarily emotionally available and kind of like cold and closed off, mm. but I, very sundere, I guess. So like mm. somebody who people will often want to like get closer to, like yeah. there is like some like distant appeal there. And so I think he really leans into that to as sage get a lot of those jobs, basically get people interested and be kind of like kind of aloof and distant and cold, but still not mean, you know, yeah. not cruel or anything, just like curious and then just completely ghosting. Um, Sage is probably the person who has ghosted people the most as far as his right. appearances go. I can definitely imagine using that move. They'll want an apology for something you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably. And it's probably a lot of times it's just like it's more something you didn't do. And you said you're going to do for right. weeks. And then I never heard from you right. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like a lot of that stuff he would definitely pull in other forms as well. Because that's yeah. another thing I want to explore with Rabbit is like. The, the parts of ourselves that we show contextually are still part of us totally. and they might come up when we don't intend them to. So he like has these focused presentations, but he's also still a person right. who has developed his personality through his habits and his like what's been done to him and what he's done. So, yeah, one one thing we've talked about while we were building the Shape Changer book was that because I think you initially had some resist. There's some other moves on here that specifically relate to appearances. And I think mm-hmm. you initially had some resistance to like, ah, oh, I don't know if those are really fitting, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 reason that the the um the kind of end that we got to was, well, it shouldn't feel like these are different people. It should mm-hmm. feel like this is one person who kind of has these these appearances, the, yeah, these appearances. Yeah. And like, that's what they are. There, there's a certain amount that like, you know, Rabbit is a little bit different in each of those forms, but yeah. it's like at the core, like even as many appearances there as there are, this is all the same person and the playbook should reflect that. 
Yeah, totally, totally. Like, and I think the the big thing that I wanted to like kind of make clear with that and was making me push back is just like I don't want any implication that like when he switches into Sage, he stops being Rabbit. Right. Like he he doesn't he doesn't like you know close his eyes and open them and now he's like you know disconnected from right. his personality and memories as Rabbit. It's more like a he's like a method actor. Right. Um, who does this in social life, which is like actually I'm realizing probably in hindsight inspired by this thing that like my one of my best friends in high school and I there's gonna be a lot of like best friends from high school coming into Rabbit mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. through the personas and stuff I'm, I'm realizing and like, you know, kind of the way that um, people who pass through your life for an hour or a week or whatever can affect you for the rest of your life and be very totally. impactful. Totally. Those are the kinds of relationships I want to explore. And so we would uh, both take public transit a lot, me and my friend Justin, mm-hmm. together and separately. But you sometimes get into a lot of conversations with perfectly nice strangers who you're probably never going to see again. So sometimes the topic like, oh, you know, what, what, what's your name? What do you do? Just the little small talk. What's your life like that you have with strangers? Sometimes we would just lie. We would just make up <laughs> things and just like put on kind of like a different life and right. just like just different details about ourselves, basically. Yeah. And I think Rabbit just got addicted to doing that kind of thing because he also could support it by also backing that up. Totally. Going and going and being a trucker so that he's not actually lying. Right. He's just framing the truth in a particular way. Right. His, his other like primary appearance, I guess, that I've decided on beforehand is an actual rabbit. Which I'll probably call the jackalope just to avoid confusion. <laughs> who oftentimes will just appear as like a mostly normal rabbit with maybe like a glowing spot if you look closely or something. Yeah. yeah. But because it's not one of the like controlled appearances, I imagine that the jackalope also will like uh, have, you know, glowing horns or it'll right. have like longer legs. It'll still like look more like a rabbit than a person, I would right. hope in most cases. But right. when I don't roll a 10 <laughs> or higher, yeah, I would like it to be something where it is clearly not a normal rabbit, you know? Right. And I think that more people have seen rabbit in like jackalope form than right. in rabbit, like demon rabbit form, or um, maybe even in some of his like personas or whatever. Like, I think he's done a lot of his reconnaissance, especially at night as a rabbit yeah and i'm interested also in just sort of playing like kind of like i did with henrietta of like characterizing her as like a predator um kind of characterizing rabbit as like prey or like a prey creature right who who has a very uh confident sense of survival i guess yeah makes sense so last couple of things here first thing i want to do because we forgot to talk about this when we were talking about that was me is I want to know what you have defined as your home ground oh, and what yeah. you've defined as your timeline. So as a reminder, those are the two things you need to define with the keeper mm-hmm. uh, for this playbook's main yeah. one, one of their main moves. Because I need to be able to call on that basically and be like, "Well, you lived in my hometown during my like established time there, so right. that means I get to use this move on you." So I, I I wanted to get run this by you for your approval, but for home ground, I put the greater Norfolk area because mm-hmm. I don't want to limit it to just Norfolk, though I do yeah. think he's mostly focused there. But I think that Rabbit is somebody who, because the city is such a um, it's an adversarial force in, in our world and in our story, and for our characters for the most part, I think I'm interested in Rabbit kind of liking the city and having a lot of things he does like. Like, I, w- I want to use mm-hmm. Rabbit to comment on, like, because I, I mean, I think that there are things about cities, like me personally, that yeah. are nice. You know, there are benefits totally. you can only get in, in that kind of yeah. population. Yeah. But also, especially the kind of city that we're like, that we're putting in this story is very um, oppressive. 
Yeah. And so I don't want to like detract from that, but I want to like kind of bring more complication and nuance. And I want Rabbit to have some established relationships in the city. Totally. And I think I think also he probably a lot of his appearances that he'll pull, I don't think he really for the most part, I think it's harder for him to create a, an appearance from the ground up like he did with Rabbit Moon. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I think he's actually being someone that he's seen. Yeah. So I feel like he's spent quite a bit of time in the city. Just people watching. At the airport and stuff. Yeah, seeing people who are literally just passing through. Right. Coming in for like a day and, and leaving because those are the kinds of people that he can log, but no one will recognize. Right. Because they're not part of the community. I'm fine with that. I think where I think where I want to draw the line with that, because I do want there to be situations that come. We're not. One thing about this season Mm-hmm. is that we are not really going to be leaving the area. Like, we're going to be staying in Norfolk and the city. Like, okay, the, cool. those yeah. are the two areas that we'll be in. Totally. So, I want there to be areas that if Rabbit goes to or talks to someone from that area, they will not be able to pull on that move. You know what I mean? I want I want sure. them to be able to do that most of the time, and especially yeah. when they're in their, like, you know, like, home ground kind of thing but mm-hmm. there, i want there to be areas that that they're not going to be able to pull that card from so here's here's i guess the, oh sure the compromise like mm-hmm. i think you have been to the areas of the city like the airport and like the you know like coffee shops and stuff like that clubs clubs yeah. like stuff like that but i think there are significant areas of the city that that are not your home ground so there's like totally high rises and there's like housing areas and there's like like parts also the city is big like we've like it's it's supposed to feel like oppressive and big and like a storm that is like crouching on the horizon kind of thing yeah and i just don't think especially in 25 years and especially with like rabbits like kind of family being centered in norfolk like Mm -hmm. i don't think you've had a chance to explore it all yeah you know what i'm saying i mean what if we do, like, would you be open to Norfolk and downtown city? Yes, I think like, that's great. And then, and if, great. if downtown can also include, like, airport. But people sure. don't really live at the airport. But, like, if there's someone who has worked at the airport at Orange Julius every day for 25 years, right. um, I'd like to be their regular, <laughs> you know, uh, potentially. Yes. So, like, airport adjacent to downtown. And, like, that's where I focus in the city. Yeah. And he's, like, been other places. And he might, like, hang out in the city more than the other hunters, potentially. Right. I don't know what their relationship is. But, right. yeah. But, yeah, as far as hometown. Yeah, because I don't want the home ground to be too vast either. Because I, yeah. I do want to be out of my element sometimes. Right. And it also is still going to be mostly focused on Norfolk. Like, I think he is... I don't think he's ever left the greater Norfolk area. Mm-hmm. I think he's very much a, like, small-town homebody, kind of. But he's one who's right. explored that as much as possible. Totally. I think that makes total sense. And what about your timeline? And timeline... So, I have 25 years. And that is, like, 25 years after basically five years of not being out in society at all. So the way that I see his timeline working, and I kind of delineated this on my document here, is the first form he ever had, the form that, like, the coven gave him was, Mm -hmm. like, a demon baby. Basically, like, a baby form of his, like, rabbit moon form now. Yeah. Like, that's what he aged up. And in my mind, for the first two years, he was basically in that form, like, not changed at all, and also not really developing the intellect they were hoping he would. Mm -hmm. And then... Just like just like that, he kind of like snapped into it and was yeah. like fully sentient. 
and yeah. was like having conversations the way like a 13 year old would and like all the stuff they've been trying to teach him it was in there he just couldn't like connect to it communicate it and now he right. could and then he spent three years like that where he was like learning how to control his body now because he could actually communicate with them so he spent three years basically as like a talking baby talking right. demon baby <laughs> who was like aging mentally at about the rate that like a teenager does and in that kind of like nebulous like late teenager to young adult for a while right as he's learning how to control his form and then my imagination is yeah so he had like a- after three years of that he basically became rabbit as we know him now right i think similar to sam's character Mm-hmm. Nami, there, there's some like kind of ambiguity of age with him. Right. I, I think the the most like true thing I would say about him is he has been functionally a young adult for 25 years. Yeah. But I do think that earlier in those 25 years, he was a lot closer to a teenager because that's kind of where his like just development development sure. began. Yeah, I think that and, makes perfect sense, and that yeah. that means that you've. In grand total, you've been on Earth for 30 years, right? For 30 years, as far as he knows, yeah. Gotcha. But 25 of those are like, he was able to leave the house like, right. at all. And 28 of those, he was able to hold a conversation. Right. And then tell me about your, there's a <laughs> another thing here that we haven't really talked about much, uh-huh. but tell me about your gear. I gave you some, some options here. Uh, some of the other playbooks, they kind of default to either, well, a lot of them default to just weapons. Mm -hmm. And I think the interesting thing here is, so there's five options to take. Three of them are weapons. One of them Mm -hmm. is a car, motorcycle, or other way of getting around. And the other one is a creature companion with low sentience. Mm -hmm. And I basically said you could pick two. So my idea with this is like, if you want to be like weapon heavy, like you can do that. And if you don't want to do that, you, you do not have to. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think does tend to be the thing. And I'm, I'm not super interested in Weapons with Rabbit at this point. And I also feel like if, you know, partway through chapter one or whatever, I'm like, shit, Rabbit should definitely have a gun. Yeah. Um, I I would just probably explore that through my built-in support system of the Coven. Right. Because I've kind of established them as like, I mean, obviously with Keeper approval and I'd want it to be something I have to earn in some way, I would mm-hmm. like to be able to ask them for things. And they they at least have the ability to give me most things that I would want. Right. It's all a matter of what it will cost and if they're even willing to do that or if they have access to it right now. Right. So I don't think he's really needed weapons. I think he's mostly relied on his ability to get, to, to avoid or escape trouble when it appears. And when it does come time to like deal harm to things, that's where like, I think his magic and his friends are going to come in. Right. Because he also has like some basic telekinesis i'm using the like the like telekinesis alternate weird move Mm -hmm. um he's not gonna be very good at it though i have this concept that like the coven mostly focused on training him in that but it just didn't stick as much as his shape-shifting did yeah so then they're like well let's just you know train what he can do basically right Right. (laughs) let's let's focus on the successes here Exactly. So yeah, for gear, I did choose Creature Companion with Low Sentience, which I had mentioned before is my friend Moat. Friend slash like sibling, like mm-hmm. brother. Like I very much picture it as like, um, they, they have the bond of two beings who grew up together because Moat has been around for all 30 of these years. And I don't think Moat can like, we'll, we'll never hear Moat speak in full sentences unless he develops to do that, right? Right. But that's never been a thing. But he can communicate things directly to rabbit 
and vice versa. Like, right. I, I, it's that kind of dynamic where it, like, Scooby and Shaggy, kind of, but even less clear. Or, like, right. I don't know, what, what's what's a good example? You know, it's that whole, uh, Lassie, you know? Uh, or, or just, <laughs> just, like, the being able to understand each other to where you can really kind of have conversations about, right. like, even pretty complicated stuff, but... N- Everyone is just kind of has to trust you that that's what's happening. Because right. what they see is just this bouncing ball that's like kind of expressive, and it's also a shapeshifter, so it can maybe you know like get eyebrows when it needs them to show that it's angry, or you know a middle finger, or like right. can turn into like a little dude for a second. I, I imagine that it's maybe even like better at shapeshifting mm-hmm. um, because you can make it do whatever you want. Right. I want you to have full control, and me to also be able to like say that moat does things and we've talked about it being made moat being made of like a, a piece of moonlight right yeah basically i think that what rabbit knows about moat is that like rabbit moat is of the moon and mm-hmm. when you see moat in like its basic form or whatever yeah it's like a ball of light so that's right. like, that's that's the best way we can understand it but i'm leaving a lot of room for uncertainty and yeah, just unknowing this for yeah. Rabbit in yeah. where he and Moat came from and what they are and why, what the coven wanted and what they want now. Right. I think I even know more than Rabbit does, but yeah. Sam definitely knows more than Rabbit does. <laughs> I have some plans. Rabbit. I have some yeah. plans. <laughs> and then the other gear I picked was a car, motorcycle, or other way of getting around. And I haven't quite pinned down what that is yet, but I do love sure. I mean, I picked that because I was like, oh, Rabbit having a motorcycle would be so cool. <laughs> and I, can, I, I I would love, if you're okay with it, to have a motorcycle with enough room for someone to be behind me and a sidecar. Sure. So that it, it could fit the three hunters. Yeah. In theory. That's totally fine with me. That, that definitely falls into other way of getting around. So, yeah. And at the same time, I kind of like for mentioning this earlier, like maybe he just like steals trucks and leaves them out of town. I mm-hmm. almost I almost am inclined to like for gear, just choose like, choose Grand Theft Auto as his <laughs> other means of getting around. It's like he can reliably just take a car. <laughs> like, that, I think that's would be fun, but also opens yeah. you up to so like yeah. one thing we've talked about this season is like there is going to be a police presence oh, yeah. in totally. Norfolk and in the city like that that is a that is going to be a part of this season for sure especially because of William's character so mm-hmm. i'm fine with that actually i think that i don't think i really want to go through it like, i think i more want to make that a thing that he will do sometimes sure, but that'll sure. probably just be like a act under pressure role in most situations you yeah. know will you tell us what your stats are Yes. So this is also kind of subject to change, but I think it feels right. One charm, which is used for manipulate someone. One cool, which is used for act under pressure and help out. Two sharp, which is used for investigate a mystery and read a bad situation. Minus one tough, which is used for kick some ass and protect someone. And zero weird, which is for use magic. Yeah, and, and I in think, your case, yeah. telekinesis. Oh, yeah, yeah, for telekinesis. Gravity magic, basically. Mm-hmm. And actually, I, I feel like I do like the stat distribution because Sharp is kind of like, I mean, ev- every playbook pretty much has like a core or one or two core like stats, basically. And right. I think for this one, it's like Sharp and Cool. Mm-hmm. And Sharp seems to, one, Sharp comes up, I think, more in some of these moves. And that's kind of where my brain goes a lot of the time. But also Cool I, I think Sharp is something that I did less with my last couple characters, and especially right. with Henrietta. Right. So I'm really interested in leaning into those moves more with Investigate and Read a Bad Situation. And you have a minus one tough here, which yeah. is which is the opposite of Henrietta. Yeah. Like, well, well, Henrietta she, was, yeah. was constantly like, 
breaking yeah. shit and like Henry had a big sword. Mm. Like <laughs> she did that with weird, but she was very much she was she was tough by way of weird. Right. Um because she yeah, was strong. She, she was strong, exactly. She was she was the bruiser right. of the party. She was the fighter. Yeah. And this is very much Rabbit is very much the observer, the the trickster. Like I I, I was talking telling Sam that I kind of am interested in like changeling theming and lore. Yeah. Kind of just like because he he is he he's he's mischievous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Both by his nature and by his intention. And I feel like sharp, charm, and cool are all gonna be required for that kind of play style mm-hmm. and that kind of lifestyle. And it's hard to let go of weird, but when it's only used for one thing, and also when it's something as, like, I, I love the way that magic can be chaotic. So the idea that whenever I roll magic, it's really up to the dice. Yeah. I don't have any influence on that really appeals to me. Then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm resorting to magic. Let's see what happens. I'm right. not very well trained in this, but I can do it. Right. Totally. So that's very exciting to me. I've mentioned the coven a little bit, and more specifically, Rabbit uh, was raised primarily by three mothers, three members of that coven, mm-hmm. and we'll develop them over the over the podcast to some degree. Sam and I have like names for them, yeah, and ma- I think I gave up occupations or something, but or, a, or suggested some, but we know for sure there is a woman named well, all of the coven are are known by a full moon of the year, and the the leader of the coven, Cold who has mm. a different name, but that that is what she goes by with the coven. She is an astronaut or was an astronaut in the early 2000s and has some interesting... Clearly going to be a <laughs> curious presence in the story. Yes, yeah. excited to play with her more. But yeah, so he, his, like, his, his direct support system is his three loving mothers mm-hmm. who are also connected to this, like... I mean... I definitely want to toe the line towards it being at, at, at least manipulative relationship between right. Rabbit and the Coven. Like they definitely are using him for their own like personal methods and gains and not being totally upfront with him. Right. But also have been supporting him throughout his life. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that complex relationship with like, you know, wealthy family members. Like if you have a wealthy grandmother who is like really only part of your life as much as like the two of you want to be or whatever, like they can support you, but maybe you don't vibe with them. Right. I don't know, just the complicated family dynamics, basically with people who are built into your life. Yeah. I feel like with you and I, whenever we play in a thing, complicated family dynamics yeah. are always fun <laughs> because I think Her- Henrietta had uh-huh. <laughs> some complicated family dynamics there as well. Yeah. I'm doing, yeah. Small family. Like yeah. with, this is very like, like small family, also very like pseudo nuclear. Kind yes. of, because it was, yes. you know, two parents, two kids. Right. And this is very different. The opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, 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 yeah. I'm exploring family in a different way, but family is an, an important theme to me. Totally. Okay, last thing here. Let's talk about your beliefs about mm. the other hunters and Norfolk in the city. I haven't read these in a few weeks. So I'm just going to assume that I still kind of stand by them. But yeah. uh, these, I, I imagine, might develop as we learn Subject more. Subject so, to change. So Rabbit's belief for Kelly, which is William's character... Kelly is far from unlocking his full potential and needs to start acting now to make the most of his life, no matter what it is he chooses to do. Generally, like, supportive of Kelly, but, like, critically supportive. I think this probably comes from one of his moms, like, probably has this, like, mentality of, like, pushing you to be your best because you're not yet. Mm -hmm. Because you're not meeting your full potential. Mm -hmm. And then Nami, which is Sam's character. Nami is more like me than anyone else in town. And I kind of left that vague to kind of have a double meaning of, like, whether Nami is out or not as, like, being non-human, I think mm-hmm. Rabbit kind of can tell that there's something there's more something going on there. Yeah. And also, I think that I mean that in terms of more like me, 
as we learn, you know, what Rabbit is like emotionally. Right. Rabbit suspects, whether it's true or not, that Nami has similar feelings about society at large and sort of her place with them. Totally. And, and just, and I don't know, maybe approaches relationships in a similar way. And I kind of want to, I want to talk to Sam about, like, uh, Sam Nami about this. Right, Sam um, Dar. To see, yeah, Sam Dar, to find, like, to see if this is something we can play well, but I kind of am interested in... Because I like putting faults in characters. I like putting mm-hmm. very human faults in characters. I think for Rabbit, one of them is going to be projection. Mm. And I think that I would like to have, like to push that. And I would like Rabbit to think that Nami is like him in ways that she's not. Right. And treat her that, as if she is similar to him in ways that she's not in a way that might create friction. Basically, how these are going to work is if it gets proved or disproved, you are mm. going to mark experience mm. and then write a new belief. Sure. So it will be a situation where you might find out, oh, not you might be like, oh, yeah, Nami is like more like me than anyone else in town. Or mm-hmm. you might be like, oh, no, Nami's like completely different than mm-hmm. me. And then you'll write a new belief that you have about like your relationship with Nami, which is something I'm super excited to see mm-hmm. evolve over the season. Yeah, and like this also, just the way that I have it phrased, could even leave it open to like, maybe I'll meet somebody who is more like me than not. Right. And yeah, that yeah. changes it. So it's just like distancing me from this one relationship because of the introduction of another. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah, I think that these beliefs, I want to sort of bake into how I interact with the other hunters, mm-hmm. you know? I think a lot about having data to filter my instincts from as tabletop characters. Right. And like, this is my data for how I build Rabbit's instincts towards Kelly and Nami. Right. And then for Norfolk, I have the town, Norfolk, is stronger than the city and deserves the power the city seems to hold. And then for the city, the city's expansion is part of some grander and more obviously wicked plot. So those two don't really vibe as well as like when I first wrote them. Mm-hmm. As I've like been thinking about Rabbit as more of like kind of a city kid, right? Like a small town city kid. Um, I so think we the may first have to one, revisit those. Yeah, yeah. I think the Norfolk one still still stands because um, I want to explore his relationship with the city more. And I think as it starts with the show, it might be that like he he holds some respect for the city and like. He doesn't think the city... I think the big thing is I want the city one to change because I don't want him to really be so critical of the city. Sure. And I don't really want him thinking, oh, the city... Because it's obvious to me that the city has some some darkness we don't understand (laughs) in it. I don't think Rabbit needs to believe that. Yeah, Um, totally. I think Rabbit's belief of the city might be that um, the city has more to offer than many people in Norfolk believe and we should give it some time. Something like that. I really like that. I actually, I really, really, let's, really let's like change that. it to that. I think that rules because number one, that sets your belief in opposition to Kelly and Nami's belief about the city, mm. um, which is like something that could be very fun to play. Yeah, I think that feels feels better, and it's still it's still like skeptical. I don't think Rabbit denies like the the horrible effects it's having on Norfolk in a lot of ways. Right. I think he's more just like. I think, if anything, I want him to test his hypothesis that it doesn't have to be that way. That, right. like, the city, that it is possible for there to be some harmony and for us to get things from the city without losing what we have. Right. And it's possible, you know, people are complicated. People believe things that are in opposition to each other. I yeah. can totally imagine, you know, Rabbit thinking both that the city is kind of cool and, like, seems interesting and might have something to offer and mm-hmm. that it is encroaching on Norfolk too much and like yeah. that that Norfolk is kind of being harmed in the process. Yeah, that tension, that friction and that's like 
that's the kind of thing I really want to play with, play with with Rabbit is yeah, being pulled between two different things because like totally. I I want the coven to pull him away from his friends at times like mm-hmm. I wanted I would like them to ask things of him that put him in opposition to other values that he will develop right and test his loyalty kind of you know right that kind of stuff is super interesting to me especially as I've been reading a lot of Robin Hobb and she kind of has those themes resonating through. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything else you want to say about Rabbit before we get into the season proper? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's kind of it. I guess just like, just to be really clear that like over time he has had a lot of appearances and a lot of personas, many mm-hmm. of whom have not been recurring and some of whom have. Right. So like it is really only in the last couple of years that he has had an intentional persona outside of his family. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. the rabbit moon, the demon boy that we're going to learn to know and love, <laughs> he's really only felt comfortable. Like he's only beginning to identify with that as like him in the world. Right. Because I think he has had a distinction between like he is that with his family. Yeah. And when he's out in the world, he's one of many other things. Right. So the idea of going out, like he will just like go out walking through the streets in demon mode. He'll go get a burger or whatever. Right. Most people are still meeting him for the first time if they see him like that, I think. Right. At least a lot of people. It's not like he walks down the street and everyone is like, oh, hey, rabbit. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't seen you before. And it's like, oh, you have though. So that's, yeah, very excited to play more with all of the potential it has to offer and to see how... The other characters have come together and how we all interact and yeah. Me too. This this group is very fun. And I love the idea that we're starting off with you guys all as pre-established friends. Like there's Mm -hmm. something very fun about that too. Totally. All right, cool. Well, we'll leave it there and we will see you see rabbit more during the season. Rabbit moon will return in Norfolk (laughs) episode one. All right. Thanks, Jonas. Thanks, Sam. (laughs) 